First of all, I want to say praise the Lord, everybody. Um, I am so grateful and honored to be standing here before you. I do not take this lightly. I never take it lightly. I will say I'm a little um, nervous. I should say I'm really a lot nervous. <laughs> I'm used to being before um, ladies, women. Um, so this is the first time I, I got to be before um, our congregation. Um, so thank you. Um, I appreciate you all online that are watching, listening, and those that will hear it in the future. I think it's a great topic for us to um, glean out of and learn out of. Um, and I thank you all that are here in person as well. Um, I believe we have the scriptures that are going to be able to be overhead. Awesome. Um, and then those of you online, they will be shown as well. Um, but for those of you who have the paperwork, we can follow along on some of the verses, but um, I might have you turn to them. Um, so um, just please uh, be patient with me. So uh, I want to get right into it. The title today is What is Prayer? It's a really um, simple question probably a question you think you can answer but as I was studying into it more and I'll be quite honest with you I think uh, the Lord knew what he was doing when he started this um, curriculum when pastor brought it to all of us because it landed at the perfect time we're getting ready to go out to the community we're getting ready to sow um, seeds into into the harvest and what better way to do it than being in prayer we've been in prayer and the lesson is landing right before our first Saturday or Sunday <laughs> Sunday breakfast so let's turn to Matthew 6 5 through 15 we're gonna open up with the whole passage what is prayer this is a basic instructions pastor has preached about it he's taught about it in the last five years um, it is our roadmap of praying, how to pray. It says, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For, thou, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou when thou prayest enter into the closet so what he's saying is their reward is publicly they're getting their reward but when you pray in the closet and when thou hast shut the door pray to thy father which is in secret and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward you openly so when you go into your secret place god is going to publicly reward you seven but when ye pray use not vain repetitions as the heathen do for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking but ye therefore like unto them for your father knoweth that the things ye have need of before ye ask him after the manner therefore pray ye our father this is what we see probably in our grandmother's houses or plaques calendars our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen 
For if ye forgive men their trespasses, trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. So he continued on after the amen. The amen is the stamp, the seal, the period. But the scripture goes on to tell us, if ye forgive men, their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. This whole passage is giving us the instruction and outline, but it's also giving us a, a duty when we go into prayer. And we're going to read more about that. Um, I was going to reread it in the New Living Translation. I'm going to hold off on that right now because that was a whole lot to read. So we might go back to that in a moment, media. So let's go to our paperwork. Um, we're going to start with prayer is, the, is one of the highest privileges afforded the saint, whether you're newborn or you're a veteran, whether you're brand new to the Lord or whether you've been here forever. Since God's people are praying, people we would do well to know that prayer is the why, um, prayer is and why we pray and then be able to share with others the whys of prayer. Yes. When you go into prayer, it's like a recharge. And, and you're able to tell others why. Because things happen when you pray. And then you get your answers. And you're like, you know what? This is what God did for me. People are going to come your way because you've been through some things, right? Amen. We are magnets to things that we've been to through for that reason because God's designed all of this and orchestrated and that's why we can show the whys of prayer God's house has been designated as a house of prayer his word is filled with many and varied prayers emanating from both righteous and the wicked everyone prays I mean you could see it secularly you can hear it in the church everyone has prayer God is a prayer answering God and his word instructs us to prayer, um, us to offer prayers to him. Since this is the case, the question of our lesson is, what is prayer? So it's saying that he doesn't just hear the righteous. He also hears the wicked. What is the wicked? It's the people who do not know the Lord or aren't saved. It covers all men. So the author of the curriculum um, writes in here uh, a prayer, and I really, really loved how it was written. It pretty much covered everything, so I like to go through it. It says, what is prayer? Prayer is the soul, sincere desire, unuttered and express, the motion of a hidden fire that trembles in the heart. Prayer is the burden of a sigh, the falling of a tear, the upward gleaming of an eye, when none but God is near. Prayer is the simplest form of speech. The infant lips can try. Prayer, the lime, lime, <laughs> sublimus, my eyes are going ahead, strains that reach. The majesty on high. Prayer is the Christian's vital breath, the Christian's native air, which watchword at the gates of death. He enters prayer heaven by prayer. Prayer is the contrite sinner's voice returning from his ways, while angels rejoice and say, behold, he prays. The saints in prayer appear as one in the word, in deed, and in mind. When Jesus Christ, his fellowship, they find no prayer is made on earth alone. The Holy Spirit pleads 
and Jesus on the eternal throne for sinners intercedes. O thou by whom we come to God, the life, the truth, the way. The path of prayer thyself has trod. Lord, teach us how to pray. We just read how to pray. So when you don't know what to say, open up Matthew 5 or 6, and you'll find the instructions. So it's telling us that we need to explore, investigate, discover what prayer really is. Life's greatest privilege is the right to prayer. We get to call on Jesus Christ's name at any given time. You could be driving. You could be with your family. You could be in a situation. Um, I feel like I'm calling it all the time. (laughs) There's always a need to call up on Jesus. The power that resides in his name is inexplainable. I feel an immediate calmness when I call on Jesus. Sometimes I'll just be alone by myself, and I'm like, oh, Jesus, like, why? And I know I can say that um, in a way where he's going to hear me no matter what I'm doing. i like us to turn to Luke 11.1 at this time. Prayer is the offering of thanksgiving needs and desires to God in faith with a potential with the petition being in harmony with the teaching of God's word concerning prayer. So Luke 11.1 1 says, And it came to pass that he was praying in a certain place. When he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So this was a thing that was being caught It wasn't a thing where Christ said, you have to do this. It wasn't um, imposed on them. The disciples, the 12 of them, saw an example, and they asked him, Lord, teach us. And this is where he gives us the basic instructions. You can find that in Matthew, and you can also find that in Luke. But it makes me think, even the disciples asked the Lord to teach them to pray. How much more us? They followed him. They walked the earth with him. Do we need to pray? It's a good question. So if you're in doubt, if you don't think it's necessary, I'd like to take you to 10 different passages real quick. I'm not going to have you open the Bible. It is in your paperwork. But for those that um, are at home, I'm going to go ahead and read 1 through 10. The first one says, I will therefore, men pray everywhere, lifting up my holy hands with the wrath and doubting. 1 Timothy 2.8. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always pray and not faint. Always pray and not faint. That saying never stop. Luke 18.1. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. That's found in Matthew 6.9. Pray without ceasing. Again, pray and don't stop. 1 Thessalonians 5.17. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. There is more to that scripture, and we will revisit it a few times, but that is one of my favorite scriptures, and I'll be sharing why. Six, rejoicing in hope, patience, and tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. That's talking about trials. Rejoice in your trial. Know that there's hope in it, but don't stop. Be consistent. Romans 12, 12. But the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch unto prayer. I feel like that's every day that we wake up. The end 
is at hand. But I need to be vigilant, be sober-minded, be in our sound mind, and watch and pray. Because we have no idea what's waiting for us when we wake up or step outside our doors the days that we're living in. And number eight, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching there unto with all perseverance and supplications of all saints in the spirit. It's talking about the Holy Ghost. We studied that with one of our uh, ministers, um, the importance of the Holy Ghost. So this is not just praying and speaking. This is also getting to that level where we're now talking in other tongues and in a supernatural with the Lord. Nine, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving, with all praying also for us. And then last, but ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. That's Jude 20, going back to the Old Testament, telling us again, praying in the Holy Ghost. Jesus Christ prayed to God, but he did not pray as a God. He was man God manifested in the flesh. He prayed to God the Father in the fullness of the Godhead. And that's in Colossians 2.9. So this, again, was not God praying to another God, praying to another saint or a statue or something else. Um, Jesus Christ was praying to the Spirit, part of the Godhead. And the pattern that he showed his disciples was when things needed to happen, he prayed. He didn't pray just to pray. It wasn't, again, that repetition that we heard earlier. It was a prayer because he was going to the cross. And this is what the disciples were witnessing in these passages of Scripture. So if I'm not reading it, I'm going to ask you in your devotion, take some time to go back and read these Scriptures because it's laying out a huge pattern and an example of Christ doing what he's telling us to do, he did. He was the living example. He's not telling us to do something that he didn't go through or do himself. So let's go on to the special prayer requests. These are the special prayer requests that we had listened to in church. Um, we, I remember growing up in church, we would have prayer and the little kids lifting their hands. I want to pray for my mom. I want to pray for my dad. And it's kind of the same thing over and over again. I want to pay, pray for my grandpa to come to the Lord. Um, then there are those sp special prayer requests that us adults have had very dear to our heart that took maybe 10 years to come to fruition, or maybe he still hasn't. The special prayer request of a financial need, of a healing, of a, a wayward child, of our marriage. These are special prayer requests. It's like, okay, God, we're going to get down and dirty. We're going to get into our prayer closet and really talk about things. Um, I'm going to go over just a few, but I want to talk a little bit about these prayer, uh, special prayer requests. The first one I'm going to go over is number one, pray ye therefore. And this is found in Matthew 9:38. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into this into his harvest. Isn't this so appropriate? The appointed time again I was talking about. We're getting ready to serve the community. Pray ye therefore, 
the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. That parking lot is not CRC's. That parking lot doesn't belong to the pastor of our church. That parking lot is his harvest. Friday night when we come together, this is what we're praying about. We're praying about who's going to come through these grounds. Our prayer is that somebody is filled with something when they touch these grounds. That is a special prayer request. Number three, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. This is one that is so convicting because I kind of look at it as how dare you come and ask me for something after you've done wrong. This is a parent to a child. How dare you think of asking for a privilege after you've just been grounded? Now here we are carrying offenses. Here we are carrying unforgiveness. Here we are carrying a fight with a spouse, <laughs> an argument maybe with a coworker or family or anything. Amen. We're carrying things into our prayer closet expecting God to do something miraculous. He is instructing us again in James 5:16, confess your faults one to another, not just for the spiritual healing, but it's the physical healing. Yeah. Our body and our spirit. Number four, watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Matthew 26, 41. That verse, again, goes along the lines of what we deal with on a day-to-day. This is before pandemic. This is before craziness in the world. This was just what we needed to do on a regular basis. We are flesh. We are built with the carnal nature. We were created with the power of choice. So he is instructing us to pray so you don't fall. Yes. Pray so you don't have that thought. Go to that place. Do that thing. Because the spirit is willing. No, I go to church. I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be strong and I'm not going to go down that path. That's the willing but the flesh, it's weak. If it's put in front of us and it's presented, we're going to take the bait because we're human. If we don't pray, we need to get in our prayer closet. It doesn't matter how holy or how spiritual or next to God or pastor or deacon. We, we all need to pray. We are all tempted. I remember pastor bringing up, I don't remember if it was Sunday or last Wednesday, Um, even Christ was tempted. The devil tempted him with human things, but he always went to the word and said, it is written. He wasn't exempt from temptation, but he had the word of God that was able to push the enemy away. Number six, this is kind of a funny one. Funny for us humans. Um, Number six, Matthew 5.44. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which spitefully use you and persecute you. Um, I've seen these on a touche post. (laughs) I've seen this scripture on a, 
uh, or, or, or quote it to somebody or said about someone, I'm just going to pray for them. Or, you know, in Jesus' name, I still love them, but <laughs> it says, love your enemies, and this is with all sincerity, and bless them that curse you. You know what? I'm going to love you even though there's the but. This is all sincerity. All things aside, I got to pray for you. You probably need Jesus. <laughs> you probably have some things going on in your life. I'm going to put myself down, and I'm going to take you to my prayer closet. That is a hard thing to do. It is a really hard thing to do. Um, it's funny where, you know, we joke about it, and we'll say, I'm just going to pray for you. I'm just going to tell Jesus on you. I'm going to take you in my prayer closet. And I'd be like, don't take me in your prayer closet. <laughs> I don't want God to deal with me. But we need to go to the Lord with a sincere heart. Because we never know when somebody's what someone is going through. They're, they're outwardly showing signs of, oh, that's just a bad person. But there's always an underlying issue behind it. These are specific instructions on what to pray for and about what. On personal needs, along with the scriptures that are um, on the previous page and this one. Um, it, it's all about taking things to the Lord with the special request, specific and not unspoken. You know, special prayer requests cannot be an unspoken. I, I've been in, in a situation where I've been asked, I need prayer. And I, oh, yeah, what about, about what? Oh, it's unspoken. What am I going to pray for? What's going on with you? <laughs> Who is it about? <laughs> but the Lord wants us to be specific so I'll say, sure, I'll pray for you and whatever's going on. But be specific when you take it to the Lord. That's how I'll leave the person. If I don't know what I'm praying for, I hope you know what you're praying for. And you take these things specifically to your prayer closet. The next um, we're going to get into is the extent of prayer. It says prayer is far-reaching. It enables us to go into areas that are Im impenetrable. I had to look this up. I'm smart, but I don't know all words. <laughs> that means areas that are impossible to pass through. I was like, wow, that, that's pretty incredible. Prayer helps us to go to areas that is not reachable in the natural. It forces our way through. And I've been a witness to that. There have been people that you cannot reach. There are people that will not put that wall down. There are people that are just mean. Just mean. God, they live to be mean. Mm. And when I read that, I was like, whoa, if I pray for them, you mean I'm going to be able to get through that barrier? Of course. I started in my job. I, I train employees and you know, you get people from all walks of life, all geographical locations, and I learned I do not know who's walking through this door. I do not know who's coming in my path, and I'm going to be with them for three months. I started praying over those chairs because it was affecting me. It was affecting my heart. It was affecting my spirit. These people are ugly. They need Jesus. <laughs> so I was like, duh, then why don't you pray for them? I was convicted back with my words. And I did. I started praying for them. Now that we're virtual, I'm starting to see them online. I figured, oh, this is going to be easier because I don't have to interact with them that much. I'm just going to see them 
face to face on camera and then I could shut it off. But no, you still feel a spirit behind people. And I learned, God, I got to pray for these people because I'm in front of them for a reason. You're at your job for a reason. You're in your family for a reason. We are going to be the ones that are going to be able to um, affect or infect them with God. I'm going to continue on. It says, practice, prevail, and persevere until you achieve and attain what God has promised. He's using us on earth to achieve the promise that he has for other individuals. Because you know what? Someone prayed for you. Yes. Someone prayed for me. You know, you hear all these stories of, my, I remember my grandma praying in her rocker, and I don't have those stories. Uh, my parents were first-generation apostolic Christians, and I remember his prayers, my father's prayers when I was eight years old. I saw things change in my household because he began to pray with my mother. Um, but I hear other individuals of, uh, of a grandmother, a great-grandmother. I know Desiree, I know sister, that you have some history of women that prayed, that took you to prayer. I'm sure that always said, you need Jesus today, and I'm going to take you into prayer. Whether they told you or you knew it, you felt it. Um, we might have had siblings. I myself, I had a brother and his wife who nonstop prayed. And oh my God, I was like, stop it already. I don't want to hear this. This is not what I came here for. I just wanted to spend time with you. No, but you needed to hear that. And I'm grateful because I will forever remember those moments when they said, I took you to prayer today and had no idea it was the time of my life. It was on time. That is getting through those um, impossible entryways. Number one, I'm going to read Hebrews 4, um, 14 through 16. You can put that up. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. It says, Seen then that we have a great high priest that is passed unto the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. But we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the filling of our infirmities, but was all in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Christ was tempted. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I think about those moments that someone said they were praying for me. I think about those times of what they might have been feeling because they took me into prayer. And I know I put some people through some stuff because now I, in turn, am praying for those the same way. And it's not until I tell my story do I hear, you know what, this is what happened. I saw your brother in tears, and I never seen him cry. I seen him in a moment of weakness because his sister was not serving the Lord. I was like, God, I'm glad I didn't know it then, but what it did to me now that I'm back in the Lord. I know the pain because I see other individuals that have gone astray or want them to come to the Lord, and it made my prayer more deep more sincere, um, more consistent. Yes. And I'm like, 
God, are you like getting tired of hearing me? Well, no, because there is a story of a persistent widow. He doesn't get tired. It's the consistency that touches his heart. So in in, um, number two, it says, through prayer, Matthew 6, 33, through prayer, we seek first the kingdom of God rather than other things. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. If you're seeking the kingdom of God first, then all these things. There's always that prerequisite. Seek him first, then these things will be added. We want before we do. It's all give me, I need, I want, I'm entitled, but yet we're not putting in the work into our own salvation. Number three, we should persevere in our prayer. The story about the persistent widow, I'm going to ask you to take time. In Luke Luke 18, this was a woman who went um, to ask for um, forgiveness uh, between her and another person. And the judge could care less about people. He had the attitude of like, I, I don't care what happens to you. I don't, I don't care about people. I don't care about emotion. I don't care about anything. I don't even care about God. But she did not relent. She kept going and she kept going. And finally he was like, oh my God, I don't care about any of these things. I don't even care about your God. But you are driving me crazy. You're free. Go. This is dismissed. And he washed his hands. And I I think about myself with the Lord sometimes where, am I asking too much? That story is something that reminds me, no, I'm not asking too much. If I show persistency, he's probably going to say, okay, in his time, but he's going to say, okay, I have seen things happen when I've been persistent. And then next page, we have number seven. When taking upon the whole armor of God, we are also enjoined to pray. That is in Ephesians. The armor cannot be supplied to us or appropriated to us without prayer. We can only put on and keep on the armor of God through prayer. In prayer, we learn to walk in the spirit and to conquer the flesh. It reminded me of our son. He's in the army. And I thought about what he needs to go to do his job or in whatever duty that he's doing, the military isn't just going to hand them a uniform and say, okay, go. There are instructions. There are disciplinaries that need to happen. There's things that they're going to show them, boot camp. Then they go into other training. Um, And then when that training's over, they're going to go into other training. Okay, you've been assigned to this. We're going to deploy you. There's more training. There is constant training for someone in the military. How much more us? We're in the army of God. If we're in the army of God, then that means we need to do our part by studying the word, by being um, consistent in our prayer closet and praying for the needs, praying for others, praying for ourselves, those special requests. Um, I've, I've always heard it being said by different individuals. Um, when someone says, please pray for me, I'm going to the hospital, please, please pray for me, I have an interview, and everyone's praying, praying, praying hands on social media, it's praying praise up, prayers up. But do we really? I had to catch myself. If I'm going to say it, I better write it down because I'm staying off that post because I don't want it to come back to me. As you said you were going to pray and you didn't. I have to write these things down to remember these individuals and mean what we're saying. 
being consistent. In this page, it has individual work. We're going to skip that over. You can do that <clears throat> um, in your devotion or in your study time. But I want to jump over to the power of prayer. Yes. I'm going to read them quickly. The power of prayer. These are examples of powerful um, situations. Why the power in prayer? Number one, to heal the sick. That was in James 5. We read a portion of it. But um, again, we're going to go back to James. To satisfy our food, 1 Timothy. To unlock prisons. I think about the physical prison, but I also think about the, the spiritual prison. To cast out demons. To find salvation. To turn back the judgment of God to give children to barren mothers. All of these are stories that are real in the word. To give rain after it was withheld, to help in time of problems, and to extend life. There's so many stories in the Bible, so many stories that we can find with the power of prayer. Answered prayer, not just prayers, but answered prayers. And it says that it records at least 650 events. Um, every Christian needs to develop a cons consistent, faithful pattern of prayer. Contrary to popular opinion, prayer does not come easy. It takes work. It does take work. It takes sacrifice of our clock, our sleep. It takes time out of our schedule, um, take away in our lunchtime. Maybe you socialize with others. Take time in your car. Take time in a, a separate room. Um, it, is, it does take work. Um, learn through discipline to pray lengthy prayers, not vain repetition, but sincere prayers. Learn how to pray and be taught by the word and spirit on how to pray. There is a secret place of the Most High, and that's found in Psalms 91.1. It is found in the closet. It's talking about the prayer closet. And when it's talking about the vain repetition, it makes me think about in school when we had to write an essay of like 100 words. And you have all those filler words that really make no sense, and you're just saying a lot of words, but it really means nothing. <laughs> How many kids can <laughs> agree with me? I did it. Teacher gave it back, said, this does not count, and X'd out all those extra words. Those are those vain repetition where you're just saying a whole lot of nothing. Um, but we want to be specific and sincere in our prayers. It says prayer and its connectives. Connective tissues, this was powerful to me. Connective tissues bind our physical bodies together to keep them strong. What are those? Those are our joints. Connective tissue and our tendons and our muscles. There are connectives, connectives to power that make it strong and effective. Without them, Prayer becomes powerless and weak. Offered with its connectives, prayer becomes a most powerful force in the life of a Christian. And then it lists some of the connectives. How many have ever had a joint problem? <laughs> I'm looking at a couple. <laughs> this is so relatable. When your knee is hurting, 
Your whole body is hurting and you're mad at the world. You hate everything and everyone around you. Leave me alone. I'm in pain. When you have an accident that requires surgery and recovery, it is such an experience that only you can tell. It affects you in your day-to-day, in your comings and goings. Do I even want to go? I don't even want to deal with getting dressed. I don't want to deal with getting in and out of a car. It affects everything. When I read that, I was like, Lord, you are showing me something here. Because when your joints, your connective tissues are not well, everything about you is not well. How much more your spiritual life when we're not connected in prayer? We're not connected in prayer. These things are not going to come together. So the first bullet point says prayer and obedience. We need to pray obediently. It says that disobedience to God and his word destroys the desire results of our prayers. Obedience is God to God is key to answered prayer. Praying in disobedience destroys the desires, the desired results of our prayers. Prayer in the armor of God. It says an inseparable bond exists between prayer and the spiritual armor. The armor is effective through prayer. Then we have prayer and faith. Doubt will reduce the most sincere prayer to an ineffectual request. It is the prayer of faith that saves the sick. How many of us prayed, Lord, I need this healing. Lord, I need this to happen. Lord, I need this job. But if you don't, I'm going to go apply for this job just in case. But if you don't, I'm going to create a plan. But if they don't come back to the Lord, then maybe these things need to happen. That is us tying the hands of God. That is us getting in the way of his answer. If you are sincere and praying a prayer of faith, then you need to close your mouth and leave it alone and let it be in his hands to do what he's going to do. Sometimes it's not the time we need it. Sometimes it's not how we need it. But he's always faithful in his answer. And sometimes he's going to show you, this isn't what you need. I know you're praying for this, but this job is not right for you. But I'm going to give you this, or I'm going to give you a raise, or I'm going to move you in the company because I see this is what you need. So prayer doesn't always get answered in our ways. But when we're connected with the Lord and in tune, we're going to see the answer in our prayer. Then there's the prayer and persistence. So often we pray briefly and without persistence. Manifested to God, an unimportant request. How many of us have come on Friday night and just like, okay, God, give me an hour's worth of words. I'm just so tired. I don't even want to do this. Can I just fall asleep right now? Those are the unpersistent prayers. Um, unimportant. We're we're really not saying anything and probably we don't even have anything on the front of our head that we can think about because we're not in that prayer of persistence. Um, It breaks it down into two points. Number one, pray without ceasing. That's praying and not stopping. All those references support that point. 
pray repeti repetitively. <laughs> Sorry. Re repetitively. Why am I messing up these words? Pray repetitively. We are forbidden to engage in vain repetition. That's what I was speaking of earlier. Saying the same thing over and over again. God, you know my need. God, you know my need. God, you know what I need. God, you know the situation. That's just pretty obvious. What about the situation? Talk to him. Prayers are conversational. Jesus prayed three times in one night. And I, I, I'm just like blown away every time I read these stories. Jesus prayed three times in one night and said the same thing each time. Those are not vain, repetitive. He was asking the Lord, if it is your will, let this cup pass. He was man. He was flesh. He wanted to have this pass over and not go through what he was going to go through. He prayed the same prayer, but of words that mean something. Elijah prayed seven times for rain. After repetitively something's um, for something is not wrong if we're sincere to the Lord, if we're asking with all sincerity. Again, he's going to show us if it's not the way we need it to be, and we are going to see his hand move in that situation. So I want to go back to James. Kept talking about James 5. I want to go James 5, 16 through 18. And we're going to break down the next two points, 3 and 4. James 5, 16, uh, 16 says, Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. This is a two-part verse. Confess your faults one to another. That is the forgiveness. That is the admission. That is the resolving offenses. And it says, to one another, that ye may be healed, that you might be healed, not the other person, that you might be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. So we have pray earnestly, and then we have pray fervently. This was, was like so exciting when I was reading um, through this study because we actually had a plaque with pictures made of my husband several years ago um, on James 5.16. And it was just the portion, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. It breaks it down for us um, in Greek, what each word means. So effectual is from the Greek, meaning active, efficient, and mighty. To be mighty in that. Fervent is the Greek word of heat, zeal, and adore, ardor. Availeth is the Greek for forceful, capable, having strength and power. They're not talking about God, because those are descriptions of the Lord. They're talking about a man, a person in prayer. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Those are some powerful, impactful words in one's portion of a scripture because of the active and effective and the consistency because of the the passion and the heat behind it 
a, a prayer was answered. I said that we made this um, plaque for my husband, and it was um, him praying for his sons. For him praying for his sons um, to be reunited. This is not a secret for those of you that know us very um, close. For those of you that don't, it's a testimony. My husband's sons were uh, reunited with him when we got married almost nine years ago. And I got the privilege to see this play out. And he always shared with me when we were recording the prayer and the, the, the frustration and the consistency. And when I say frustration, I think about the heat, the fervent in that prayer of not being able to have that communication, of not being able to see them. But once it happened, oh my God, that is the availeth much. You know, you saw four children come together in a reuniting way. But God, did you know what what behind scenes to make that happen. The nights of prayer, the tears that fell, the um, disappointments. And it wasn't a three-month prayer. It wasn't a year prayer. It was years. It, it was years of being effectual, being earnest. And that is how I've seen a lot of life play out in the Lord. Things don't come easy. God never said life was going to be easy for us. He didn't even say, come unto me and be saved and you're going to walk through lilies and eat cotton candy the whole time. It was like, Lord, what did I do? <laughs> what decision did I make and get myself into? It took work. It took work to be in this. But, oh, the blessings that come with it, the answered prayers that come with it. I don't know what the story would have been had it been a different way. I don't want to know. But I think about situations like this. I think about my own situation. I think about people that I am close to and connected to. I think about people in our church who have left and come back because of a prayer. That is James 5, 16, all over it. Then add fasting to it got that superpower. Fasting is powerful. It's powerful when you add the prayer to it. You can't just go without meals because that's a diet. You can't just go without meals. That's the, what they call it, intermittent fasting. That, that's for your health. But fasting of, I need to do this to, to not eat, to, to take the caffeine away, and I need to focus spiritually and then go into my prayer closet with a clean mind in a clean heart, and a clean spirit. Then the prayer of forgiveness. An unforgiving spirit actually hinders and it stops prayer. So I, I made that um, comment about a child. Gave the analogy of a child going to a parent after being grounded asking for um, things, for asking permission. Um, we need to ask for forgiveness. We need to ask the Lord for forgiveness for my behavior this day, for the way I, I thought, the way I saw things playing out, the way I took things into my own hand. I need to go to the Lord and ask him, please forgive me before I ask for anything. And then I just want to thank him for who he is and for what he's done. It is the most privilege. Through this lesson, we talked about what prayer is. And I want to wrap it up with what prayer isn't. The way 
the world has gone. Prayer has become an offense. Prayer isn't an offense. It's been taken out of the schools. It's been taken out of certain arenas. I know when certain um, government officials would get together, they would start it with prayer. They wanted to stop that. Your, your prayer um, offends me. You know, everything about the Lord and goodness is offensive in the world that we live in now. But prayer is not that. Prayer isn't selfish. Prayer is not easy. Prayer is work. Prayer is necessary. Prayer is not unimportant. When we tell people of why we pray, because I want my son to come back to the Lord. When we tell people, I'm praying because I need this new job. But, but what is it? What is prayer? And now you can let them know what prayer is. I always picture it like a portal from where I'm standing or wherever I'm kneeling, a portal from me to heaven. And no one else could get in that but me in my time with him. I picture myself, and I don't know if you see me when I'm here worshiping, and I'm always crying. Um, I'm not upset. I just get emotional when I get into the presence. I think about a veil that has been torn. I think about a veil that once kept us from his spirit that is now torn apart, and I get to be in that. I want to be before his presence, before his throne, at his feet. And it takes work. And I'm willing to do it. And it ends here. Our generation needs men and women who know how to pray and who will pray. As people of God, may we join together in effectual, fervent prayer. God bless you.